0: Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you so much for such an awesome day you've blessed us with all throughout, and now the awesome opportunity to get back in your word. We truly thank you for it. Please be with us now as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z, continuing in the word lead, as we see in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 13, let's pick it up here. In verse 9, it reads, in the King James Version here, the red letter edition, showing the words of the Lord, where it says, But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils, and in the synagogues ye shall be beaten, and ye shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. And this is speaking of the last days, the prophecies of the persecutions that will increase in the last days. As it continues, And the gospel must first be published among all nations. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, neither do ye premeditate. But whatsoever shall be given you in that hour that speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. We are going to be guided by the Holy Ghost. As he continues, Now the brother shall betray the brother to death, and the father the son, and the children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. This is speaking of the tribulation times in particular. And we see the attitude and behavior of the world against the Christians becoming more and more anti-Christ, more and more persecutions but here this prophecy was given, specifically what's going on in the last days. And with when things we see going on today, we can truly believe how much worse it's going to get during the tribulation time. All right, now go to Luke, the Gospel of Luke, and in chapter 6. When we pick it up here, some more teaching directly from the Lord in Luke chapter 6, uh, verse 39. And he spake a parable unto them Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? The examples that we see of this are those that have stepped up to be leaders that don't know where they're going and try to lead someone else. We see this in politics. Especially, we see this in workplaces, and we see this even in the church. People that have gotten into the ministry as a career move rather than as a calling from God. And they are not being led by God to be a pastor or a minister, but yet they take that position and they don't know what to do. On because it's not coming from the Holy Ghost and they're misleading people and it is on the increase as well back into it here verse 39 and he spake a parable unto them can the blind lead the blind shall they not both fall into the ditch the disciple is not above his master but every one that is perfect shall be as his master and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye but perceivest not the beam that is in thine own eye Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye, thou hypocrite? Cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. Gotta get your life right. Gotta get it right before you can help someone else get their life right by living an example in front of them, showing them that it is possible. But way too many times they want to help somebody else do something they ain't even doing for themselves, or can't even do for themselves. All right, now turn over to the book of Romans, written by Paul to the church at Rome. In Romans chapter 8, We see here a reference to what we need to really tie into and really abide by and yield to, and that is the guidance of the Holy Ghost. In Romans chapter 8, pick it up, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Because we are indwelt with the Holy Ghost, we can have a guide. We can have a leader. We can be on the right pathway when we submit ourselves to Him, when we yield to that guidance that is available. When we allow the Holy Ghost to take over, we get in the Spirit, not in the flesh, because the flesh is where the pride pops up, the arrogance, that, oh, I am a self-made man, look what I have achieved, and, and so forth, those attitudes of pride... And it will lead you down the wrong pathway. And you trying to lead someone else. You can't even lead yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Another letter to the church at Corneth by Paul. Here he speaks of the spiritual gifts of the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost, which can lead us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Peter verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand, that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord." And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits to another divers kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues but all these work at that one and the self same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will we accept the pathway the Lord has given us the task that the Lord has given us the job the Lord has given us and we yield to his will in our lives get ourselves out of the way All of our plans of what we want to do, all the I, 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 me, me, me stuff, get that out of the way, yield to the power and the influence of the Holy Ghost, and He'll show you where you need to be, what you need to be doing, and He will lead you. Don't be led like you were by the things of the flesh, but be led by the power of the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost. All right, now over to Galatians. And in Galatians, we see some more reference to the power of the Holy Ghost and the fruits of the Spirit and the guidance that we can receive from Him by yielding to the influence of the Holy Ghost. Picking it up in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That tug of war that he talks about so much, the tug of war is in all of us. You lean over toward the flesh, you get into the things that he's about to mention here, the activities, behaviors, desires of the flesh. You lean over toward the spirit and you get into the Bearing of the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and so forth. So we choose ourselves, we choose which way we want to go. We either yield to the flesh or we yield to the Spirit. The Lord doesn't force us, he doesn't tie a choke collar around us and pull us with a leash down the right pathway. He doesn't do that. He allows us to make it as he gives us a free will. We have a free will to obey and and follow his guidance or to reject it and go the way we choose. We need to always yield to the guidance of the Holy Ghost. As he continues here, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, rivalings, and such like, on the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Right on down the list there. Various things that people get into when they get away from the guidance of the Holy Ghost. And the things that we can have and bear the fruit of the Holy Ghost when we yield to His guidance. When we let Him lead our path. And that's what it's all about. Yielding to the power and influence of the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost that is given to all those that trust in the Lord as their Savior. I right, now turn to 1 Timothy in chapter 2. Now, Timothy was the protege of Paul's and here he's teaching him the basics of what he needs to know in order to become a minister, a pastor, a, a preacher, a teacher, a guide, a leader. In First Timothy chapter 2, pick it up verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Notice he says, for all men. Not just for the believers, but we need to be praying for everyone, even our enemies. As he continues, for kings and for all that are in authority, that they may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. We need to be praying for the leaders. If they're ungodly, we need to be praying much more for them. If they're godly, we need to be praying for them to continue on the right pathway and do the right things. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. See, salvation has come available for everyone. It for there is one God and one mediator between God and God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Jesus Christ provided us the way of salvation, and we need to be doing the work he has available for us, one of those is the Great Commission, to go out and spread the gospel, and to be praying for everyone to come and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And specifically pointing out here to be praying for the leaders. They have a lot of responsibility on them. Sometimes they can get distracted and become selfish. We need to pray for them. they always stay focused on what the Lord wants them to do. Because the political system is established by the Lord. A civilization has been established by the Lord to have leaders over communities. He doesn't want anarchy. He wants it to be civilization. And in that, you have to have leaders. Those leaders need to be godly people. So we need to be praying for those that become lifted up and appointed, those positions of leadership. We need to be praying that they turn to the Lord, accept the Lord, and abide by the will of the Lord. I right, now I'll turn to 2 Timothy In chapter 3. Where it reads. This. Know also. That in the last days. Perilous times shall come. Those perilous times. They are on the increase. More and more. Every day. It is getting so dark. There is getting to be such an acceptance. Of ungodly behavior out there. But that shouldn't keep us down that shouldn't depress us that should motivate us that should excite us knowing that the light that the Lord provides us to shine out that comes from him and can come through us that'll be that much more brilliant and that much more bright when it gets darker the light has that much more influence on the darkness. So we can know that we have that much more influence when we stand up and proclaim Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we lead properly all those that is in our circle of influence, that we become the kind of leaders the Lord wants us to be, to lead in living the example that he wants us to live, a God-glorifying Christian life. but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Now, this last verse, from such turn away, means to turn away from their behavior, turn away from supporting and endorsing and encouraging such behavior, turn away from that, but we're still supposed to pray for them and live a God-glorifying life in front of them, Be in the example for them. Shine the light of Jesus Christ. Share the love of Jesus Christ. Pray for them. But don't connect with them and be unequally yoked, as it says. Don't link up and participate in those ungodly behaviors. That's the turning away that he's speaking of here. It isn't that we just abandon all the ungodly and go live on a resort somewhere or a commune somewhere or a community somewhere away from everybody else and just have a nice little God-glorifying family and ignore the rest of the world. No, then we're not doing the work the Lord has available for us to do. So we acknowledge their behavior. We hate their behavior, but we don't hate them. We turn away from their behavior, but not them individually. We can know that there's a time, there comes a time, when some have reached a point where we cannot work with anymore. He tells us to live peaceably with everyone, as is possible live peaceably. But sometimes it's not possible. So sometimes there are situations where you're dealing with an individual or even an entire country that has gotten to the point where they have rejected so much over and over that it's time to just back off completely, don't have any association, uh, any interaction with them whatsoever, but continue to pray for them. Pray for them that the Lord will find a way to reach them. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. See, they have their religion. They have their values that they think are right and wrong. They deny the truth. They hate that which is good and lift up and put in the evil and say the evil is good and the good is evil. Verse 6. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins led away with divers' lusts. They fool a lot of people. They bring them in constantly. Verse 7, Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We sure see a lot of examples of that here lately the bunch of folks that have been protesting against Israel in favor of Hamas and the Muslim terrorists, they are those that are in these so-called places of learning, colleges, universities, the higher learning ones, but uh, they ain't learning much. There, as it says, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They're being taught lies by liars and become the byproduct of those liars. And then they go out and they're doing the same thing. And they are without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God they become ungodly. Now he gives an example of some of these folks like that, all the way back to what Moses was dealing with in verse 8. Now as Janes and Jambres withstood, withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their follies shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was." But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Now see, Paul's teaching Timothy and speaking of his experiences, giving his testimony of what the Lord has done for him, led him through. Which is what we have the opportunity to do as well. 12. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. A very important point there. Consider the source. What are you following? Are you following the false teachers or are you following the truth that can be found in the Word of God and by listening to the Holy Ghost? And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We can be led by the word of God. We can be led by studying the word of God. We need to yield to the word To the Word of God. We need to yield to the will of God. We need to, as it says over in James, to submit ourselves in in James in chapter four and verse seven, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Don't be double-minded. Don't be tearing yourself apart with that tug-of-war. Focus on the Spirit. Stay on that side. And you'll have so much more peace, so much more joyfulness. And you'll be able to be more influential in the world, around the world. All right, now turn to 2 Peter in chapter 3. Here we see some awesome writings concerning the last days as well. A lot of interest in the last days because we're seeing the signs of the fulfillment of the very last days. In Second Peter chapter 3, it reads, The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, "...walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. They don't believe in creation... They don't believe in the worldwide flood because if they believe in the true account of creation, then they got to throw all that stupid stuff about evolution out the door. They don't believe in the worldwide flood because they don't want to know that there's a accountability. So they move all that up. But, as it says here, But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store. Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Jesus Christ spoke everything into existence. He holds everything into existence by His word to the appointed time. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, into which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. All these wacko earth worshippers with this stupidity of climate change being performed and controlled by mankind ain't got a clue about reality. Jesus Christ is the one that's in control of the climate, not man. Mankind cannot destroy the planet. The Lord won't let them. So he is in control of it. And at the appropriate time, he's going to destroy every bit of it. Vaporized into nothing. Even the elements shall melt with fervent heat, it says. So what should we do? Verse 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things... Be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. We follow the Lord. We follow the guidance of the Holy Ghost. Not to false teachings of those that profess themselves to be wise, but they become fools. As it continues, An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest. They wrestle with it. They don't believe it. They don't understand it. So they reject it, as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness there's where we have the word lead past tense led being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness we got to beware we got to be vigilant we got to focus we got to study listen up to the holy ghost Verse 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen and amen. So pray, ask the Lord to forgive you, become indwelt with the Holy Ghost, listen to the guidance of the Holy Ghost, be led by the Holy Ghost, Study the scriptures that can give us the knowledge and information that we need. Take on the full armor of God. Yield to the will of the Lord. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you and be led by the Spirit, not by the flesh. And we can live a God-glorifying life and be looking forward to that new heaven and that new earth that he just mentioned there, which is going to be so wondrous. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you, thank you, thank you for the guidance for your leadership, for leading us, and help all of us submit completely to that guidance, to that leadership, and help all of us then step up and be leaders as well, to lead the rest of the world that we have influence on to your pathway, to your light, so they can see that path to come to you and trust you and become a joint heir with you and us. We thank you all so much for all of it as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you.